Welcome to episode 63 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC anime universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Kevin Dexter. And uh, we're, we're back to just Superman. This is super echoey. It's super, I know. Yeah, we're in a slightly different location this time. Yeah, where we're in changing Cameron, it up on you Cameron's guys. apartment rather than mine. It's very echoey. I, I would say that I'd try to do something about that in post, but I'm really not. No. There's no way in hell. <laughs> but, uh, yes, we're back. Uh, no Batman this week, sadly. Just two Superman episodes, but... We did um, have a special little guest in that Superman episode, though. Yeah, we, which we I was not expecting. Yeah, I, I actually wasn't expecting that either, which is nice. And then uh, we also get the return, return, the return of return of Bizarro. Yes, which I I was really happy to see him back. Actually, yes. I really like. I wish he was back in a better episode, though. I kind of got agree with you in that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we can get to that, we this is like the longest we've gone, I think, between well, episodes we, we took, ever. We took a week off on a bad week to take off because everyone decided to do something big. Yeah. So so lots of news to get through. We'll try and get through as fast as we can. Um, I don't know if you saw this, uh, that I guess James Franco is talking about doing a multiple man movie with like the with Fox for X-Men. And I, it's going to be like I, a hard R re- multiple man movie. Briefly bring that up to me. It's weird. And I think I just passed it off as like a whatever kind of thing. But that is very weird. It is It is on. And like, I, I think, I don't know if I've ever been critical of Franco on the podcast itself. I feel like that when he's not in something he, or when he's in something he doesn't care about, he doesn't really try. Mm-hmm. But when he's in stuff he does care about, he is really good. Yeah. Because um, yeah, I've heard amazing things about his after artists. So, so have far. I. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen The Room? No, we neither of us have seen the room. God we, damn it, we gotta go We see brought the room. this up multiple times, like that we keep planning on doing a day. Because Shane has neither. No, he hasn't. Okay, we need to go see the room and then see the disaster artist. Yeah. We should probably do that soon. Yeah, because it's out now. It's out now, yeah. And as of this podcast, and even as of we're recording this, it's out now. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Also probably the not quite the shortest time between record and release. No, no, no. But we, we, we've we pushed it further than this. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of crazy things happening. But um, yeah, I don't know what to think about that. I'm hoping it's it's a weird choice. Like, I feel like he's one of those characters that I would rather see pop up in a movie as a supporting character than get his own movie. Mm-hmm. Now, Multiple Man, uh, he's, he made a quick appearance in Last Stand, right? He did. Played by Eric Dane, I think. Sure. Yeah. He was... McSteamy on Grey's Anatomy, a show I used to watch for a little oh, okay. bit. I haven't watched it in like 11 years. And I'm sure still there's on, a big apparently. crossover between Grey's Anatomy fans <laughs> and this podcast. Hey, you never know. I know of at least one. You know. <laughs> My mom. There you go. Oh, see? There's always someone in the Venn diagram. Yep. Uh, yeah, I remember being accepting of that character in Last Stand, just yeah. like everything else in that movie. Yeah, right. Well, so one of the, the most interesting things about um, multiple man though is so he can his big his powers he splits off into multiple people obviously mm-hmm. but one of the cool things is that and one of those people can then go off for like years and like become like a martial arts expert as soon as he remerges with like mm-hmm. the he prime has all that multiple, knowledge. He has the, like so it's it's I actually think this could make for a really interesting TV show mm-hmm. like I know it's not the best idea necessarily to like take a really cool character you could put in a movie and just give them a TV show and then structure something around it. But the idea of having this guy who can literally have all these separate plot lines going on simultaneously and occasionally reconverged, I think that might be better in a long format. I don't know. Yeah. And especially cause we have a handful of shows that kind of do that now where it's one actor, actress just playing multiple characters. Yeah, like orphan black. Yeah. Uh, and there was another one recently. Well, I mean, um, it was what happened to Monday. Which was the Netflix movie. Oh, right. Which the, I think they changed the name of it. Did they? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, never, what, watched I, what, I never watched it either. Yeah, with, um, with uh, oh, God damn it. Uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, she was the original Lesbeth Slander. Um, 
Numi Rapace. Uh, oh, and actually, excuse me. Yeah, Numi Rapace. That's her name. Okay, thank yeah. you. Uh, well, actually, fast. speaking of Franco, I mean, there's The Deuce on HBO, which I have not watched, but my roommate's been watching it, and he said it's really good. Oh, I haven't and heard he of plays that. twin brothers in that. Okay. So I should watch that because I've heard that, again, he's good in that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's, it's a very we'll see kind of situation. Definitely we'll see. This is another one. I don't know if you, you clocked this, this little bit of news. This is a weird one. Um, they're doing a live action Daphne and Velma spinoff movie. Down. 100%. Yeah, so Always. it's like it's about the two of them meeting and like forming their own like mini version of the team before yeah. they go off and meet everybody else. Um and it's Sarah Jeffrey from Shades of Blue and Sarah Gilman from Last Men Standing as Daphne and Velma. I think I've watched a bit of Last Men Standing. Who Who's that one? I don't know. It's such a weird idea. It's, and it's a theatrical release. I thought this might be like a direct to DVD or like a TV movie thing, but no, it's like a full on like feature that they're going to put out. Uh, yeah, I'm totally down for that. I mean, of I'm obviously down for anything yeah. more. Any, I love the live Scooby-Doo movies way more than any person should. So more live Scooby-Doo is just great for me. You know, Brandon was watching it the other day, and I was sat down and watched it for a few minutes, and I'm like, you know what? I will say of this, they did a great job with casting. Yeah. And I think we probably talked about this. That, I mean, James Gunn wrote those movies, mm-hmm. and wasn't there something about them like originally having a much darker like satirical take on it? I think so. I think they were going for a PG-13 originally. Yeah. And they you, had to drop it down to a PG for, yeah. for the little ones. Because you can kind of see elements of that in there. Like, there are, like, bits of, like, send-up and, like, poking fun at the whole structure. There's, like, there is, like, this meta-satire kind of gurgling in the background. Yeah, well, there's the, uh, did you make it to the, um, the, the shaman on the beach? Um, I mean, I kind of remember the shaman because he beach. he is the fourth wall person. Like he's the one that just is consistently making fun of them for their mysteries and like, oh, what I are you even of, doing here? Like, I do this has remember nothing that. to yeah. do with you, yeah, right? I don't know. That would have been fun to see, like yeah. an actual. He he seems looking back on it, he seems very like in a completely separate movie. Yeah, so right? you can tell that they cut a lot out of what he was supposed to be, <laughs> which is which is too bad because yeah. I. I, I you know, we can we can appreciate it as like a noble failure, maybe. Right. I mean, you just appreciate it for what I it appreciate is. it you because just, it's great. You know, I have no room to judge. I love Superman Returns, which most people hate. Yeah, I just, you probably haven't seen that. Right. Movie, so we have so. equal bad taste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's stretching it right there. But <laughs> Uh, another bit of news completely in your wheelhouse. Uh, they cast Mulan. Mulan. The live action they Mulan. Did. Yeah. I saw that. I had a, a handful of people text me and post on my Facebook wall and message me at work. Uh, so I think I saw that news. <laughs> I mean, so the, the actress is, um, Lou Yafei. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but also <clears throat> known as Crystal Lou. I don't really know anything about her. I've seen her in two things. And unfortunately, both of those things, I don't think she had a single word of dialogue. Oh no. Uh, what would you see her in? There was, um, It Man 3. She played, uh, uh, the, the daughter or the no, it was it was one of the kids that got like kidnapped. Okay, um, Frank's daughter. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm like ninety percent sure she didn't say anything. Oh no. Uh, and then in the Forbidden Kingdom, which was kind of toward not towards the beginning, but like when uh, appropriation of of Japanese culture became very popular in movies yeah. shortly after the Dragon Ball movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember? Uh, Forbidden Kingdom. Which one's that? It was it was marketed to be the big showdown between Jet Li and Jackie Chan. Oh, that starred the kid from Sky High. 
Oh, um, Michael something. Anna, yeah. Anna, uh, who, who is supposed to be playing Sun Wukong, uh, who is the monkey king in Japanese culture. Uh, so that the plot is Jelly. Like veered off course there. <laughs> that third bit of casting. <laughs> yeah. Like, Jelly and Jackie Chan are trying to bring him to the Forbidden Kingdom so he can take his place as the monkey king. Okay. Um, and then the girl is the love interest. And again, I'm like 80% sure she didn't say a word in oh, that no. movie. Well, I mean, I, I'm going to run with the assumption that Disney knows what they're doing. Yeah. On they, this one. Like, I feel like even like, all their live action casting has been really good. I, I think 100% yes for Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Loved everyone. What about, oh, did you not like Mowgli in The Jungle Book? I, he was fine. I think that movie, I just think it was kind of weird casting. Okay. Honestly, the only one I think was weird was Christopher Walken. I mean, I love my Christopher Walken whenever he's playing anything. I think the only thing that didn't work about that was him doing that weird spoken word version of I Want to Be, I like, be like You. Because that is actually my favorite song for that movie. We've probably talked about this already. But I love that song. And if it had just been used in the closing credits, <clears throat> I think it would have been great. But like that, having that weird moment where he's like kind of singing it, kind yeah. of not, I'm like, nah. Yeah, he's, he's one of those actors where like I'm excited whenever I see him. But I also know that... I don't think there's a part ever written for him. He's just kind of that. like a, like a, he'll make us money. I don't know about that. Like, um, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but Seven Psychopaths. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I didn't think I've seen that guy's, no, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's the one where it's, it's his dog or cat that gets kidnapped by... Um, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell and... Um, Colin Farrell. Thank you. Colin yeah, Farrell. I didn't go back and rewatch that. I love In Bruges. Mm-hmm. I've only seen Seven Second Pass once. I've got to see that again. I also got to go see Three Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Still, Me too. God damn it. There's too many, There's too many good things out right now. This week is going to be like my movie pass week. <laughs> I'm finally going to use my movie pass after having it for two months mm-hmm. and go see something. You haven't used it at all yet? Well, the only movies I've gone to see since I got it have been the big releases, and we always get tickets in advance, just been the safe side. So, like, okay. I, I've had to know. So, I've like paid for Thor and Justice League and like some of these other things, and I haven't used it yet. <laughs> What uh, what other news do we have? Um, I think that's it for me. Okay. So, which means it's it for me because I okay. didn't plan at all because I knew you were going to be on top of it this week. Yes, uh, I'm on top of it, but I'm also tired, a little yes. hungover, as you can probably hear from my voice. You're doing great. Uh, it's so gravelly. Plenty of energy. So, so gravelly. Get- okay. Um, Bizarro's back. Bizarro is back. Yeah. Great segue. You're yeah. killing it. I'm just, just uh, not even trying no, anymore. I'm, I'm out of it. Um, what? What? Okay. Bizarro's I- world. I did have a question for you right from the beginning. Yes. So, because it's Lois racing up the hill in her car to try and get into the facility where Bizarro blew up. Mm-hmm. So I do like that they tied it right back into where we left off in the last one. I kind of wish it was just a closer episode. A what? Oh, like, like they come? Yeah, timeline. That was wise. my question. It's like, why is she so urgent about this? It has been presumably a number of months since that happened. Mm-hmm. I don't but get- I don't think it has been because no one knows about him. Oh, because I think the re- the reason I say I think it should be closer is it seems like this is like either the next day mm-hmm. or like in the at least in the month that this ha- that the last episode happened because she seems very urgent about getting there. Yeah, and Superman even makes a note of like don't even worry about going up; it's empty. I've already been there. Look yeah. through it. So oh. like <clears throat> he's also kind of concerned about this. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. I mean, we've seen this sort of thing before. This could have been a, this is basically a part two. Yeah. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. We've seen this before where it's like they like Batman I feel like did that at least once or twice, where it's like 
timeline wise, it's been a while, but it's basically set right after yeah. his first part. Um, what happens? Oh, know. he like where? So we, I forget he, where did he end up. He was walking around. I watched these episodes a week ago. You just watched them. Where was no. he? <laughs> uh, so so if, if for the fans who can vaguely remember the last time we talked about this, oh uh, right, he sacrificed himself to get everyone out of a burning LexCorp building. Yeah, it explodes and he's not seen again. Uh, he's found walking in the snow by some ski resort. They don't really say where he is. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because he happens across that really convenient broadcast. Yeah. Like, Superman which is, has his Arctic retreat, we which need to, no one knows about. We need about. to talk about how bad he is at keeping secrets. Yeah. There's someone at Star Labs that is just spilling everything, and not even to, like, good reporters, because I feel like Lois would keep a little bit yeah, we, we know that Lois keep, you know, keeps things to herself. She didn't reveal who Batman was. Yeah, but like we, we know that everyone knows about Kryptonite already, Yeah, uh, which was Star Labs. Uh, we know that he has a secret fortress in the Arctic mm-hmm. from Star Labs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like they need to really keep yeah. a tighter We know his secret there. identity from Star Labs. Pretty they much. Just out there. They can probably figure it out at this point. Yeah. Hamilton probably knows. Yeah. Um, hopefully he's not the one spilling secrets. Oh, he probably is. Mm-hmm. That asshole. Or if it's, what if it's Parasite, who just happens to remember a oh, few things. Oh, that's everyone who remembers things and just yeah, like. Yeah, and he's just like. Sends out an email yeah. to someone. Well, he, no, he's using it as bartering chips for, for like a nicer TV. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Hell. He wanted HBO. Yeah. Yeah. He's also heard good things about the deuce. Yeah. <laughs> not cheap, especially in 96. No. Um, so, they, yeah, there's a news report that says, um, we're all curious what Superman's, like, house is like up in... It's very current news, as you can tell. Yeah. What Superman's house is, house is like up in, up in the Arctic. There's nothing to report in the world of Metropolis. No. Nope. Because at this point, like, any sort of, like, weird disaster, that's, like, not even news anymore, right? Yeah. Because it's like, oh... Just, Another gas main blew, but Superman saved everybody. Mm-hmm. So who Unless it's a giant monster falling from space that is now frozen in their water supply. <laughs> no news is going to top no, that. No. They're not even going to try. No. Car chases aren't exciting anymore. No. Um, Heads of state are nearly getting assassinated all the time, but Superman's in there taking care of it. Yeah, it's fine. As long as, like, there's only news when Lex messes up. Oh, that's true. And then I'm sure he still covers it up because I bet he owns the... Studios as well. Oh, yeah. He owns all of them. Yeah. He's got them in his packet. Again, very current. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, Bizarro then figures out roughly where Superman's lair is, and he hears... He flies... Yeah, he flies to the Arctic, and he just hears, like... The animals? Yeah, like the mumblings so. of the animals, breaks into the Fortress of Solitude, and he's like, why are you... Why are all these animals in prison? Because he's never been to a zoo, so I understand yeah. the confusion. Um, he frees a little demagogue looking thing. Yeah, that was a, 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 a demagorgon. Dem- yeah. Um, it was cute and also really creepy. So he, was. he, he goes for solitude, breaks open all of the cells, all not cells, all the, uh, animal habitats, space animal habitats. And then he, uh, goes to kind of the, the centrifuge. No, that's not a word. What? Nope. The, the main, what? The main room. The centrifuge? Nope. Main room. <laughs> Uh, and learns about the history of Krypton. Uh, and for some reason, he wants to treat Earth like Krypton. He, and s- yeah, so he decides he's going to rebuild Krypton. Yeah. So he flies back to Metropolis mm-hmm. and starts 
like punching holes in buildings and flipping them over. I actually found that sequence kind of fun. I was so confused because I didn't know what he was trying to do until they did like the half and half photo. Yeah. Of like, this is the kind of piece of shit that he built. And then this is what he was trying to build. I'm like, oh. Yeah. I mean, I think they were. This is a toddler's drawing. Yeah. I they, get were, it now. they were deliberately going for like a bit of mystery there. And I'm not sure if it exactly worked. But I thought, I mean, do you feel like that makes sense in Bizarro's mind he would do something like that? Do you think that like fits his character to be like, that's his version of trying to rebuild Krypton? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, obviously, they have to make it set in Metropolis for yeah. that reason. But I, th- I don't think he would have flown all the way back there. I think he would have used his, like, because uh, he has, does he have heat breath in this version? Or does he still have heat vision? Because I know in the comics, he, he's, he's the complete opposite. So it's ice vision and heat breath. Didn't he use, oh, no, no, no. Kryptonite doesn't work on him. Right. Which is another element of bizarre in the comics but mm-hmm. here we don't see if he has heat vision or ice breath okay i, w- I would have if he were to rebuild krypton i think he would have done it in the arctic and just used like big pieces of ice yeah that makes more sense and then maybe been like this doesn't look right and then gone somewhere that yeah. has like real materials yeah i did find it like a fun sequence though yeah it was cute and then lois the reason i think this is so current is lois like knows how to handle it yeah um, yeah, the police aren't don't know who he is. Which, which, they? Thought, which someone, is why I think it's so they have they like, they should know. Wait, I thought one of them said Bizarro. I thought one of them called him Bizarro. One of the police. I think after Lois called him Bizarro, they're like Bizarro. Like, you know who this? You know who this clown is? Yeah. Um, Such a Dan Turpin line. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, that might actually be word for what he said. I'm sure it's word for word. Well, because what's interesting is then Superman realizes what's going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I sorry, real quick. I do love when he sees the random guy in the like, um, like the doorman from the hotel, like from the opera or whatever, and mm-hmm. his his suit kind of looks like the Kryptonian garb. Yeah. So he just calls him Dad. Papa. Yeah, and just assumes it's Jarrell. Yeah. That's it's it's a fun little little gag there. Yeah, I, there, there's a couple where like he he does yeah, he breaks into like a an opera house. Yeah. Um, and then he's grabbing all the seats, like too many seats. Yeah, and he's, he's throwing, throwing them out. into the ocean. What, what I like too is that even when Superman does show up, he's happy to see Superman. Yeah, right. Like because he is his friend. He sees him as a friend. Right. Superman doesn't, but Bizarro. Well, yeah. No. Bizarro. Like anyone who's not Lex is kind of like a good person to, in his eyes. Yeah. Does he? We don't even know what his opinion is on Lex anymore because Lex and he never crossed in this episode. Right. So I don't know what they would. What would that be like? I don't know. I don't know. It's too hard to speculate. Um, but and I do find it funny though because so Superman shows up in his kryptonite-proof suit, mm-hmm. bringing kryptonite along to try and subdue Bizarro, which doesn't work. Which gets, is kind of mean. I feel like you can. Like, I feel like Superman can talk to Bizarro, not like like as an adult talk to him, but like he can convince him to. But I mean, to doesn't that go somewhere else? Kind of fit because Superman doesn't really take him seriously. Like, yeah. he, I mean, he. I think he feels sorry for him, but I think he does consider him more or less just a nuisance. Yeah. At this point, it's like, oh my god, I have to deal with this guy again. Because like, we did get, we we skipped over. We we kind of went to the the comedy parts. We skipped over over a very kind of emotional sentiment from Superman of being like, what would Bizarro be doing now if he were still alive? Them not knowing that he's still alive. Oh right, yeah. Being like, well, he would be a very lost person because I remember when I first found out I wasn't human, I felt very isolated yeah. and didn't have anyone to talk to or be with. And I'm sure he's going through this. He would be going through the same things. No, which is very true. Like when he sees Bizarro, 
towards the end of the episode, you understand that. Yeah. Like, he just wants to help people in his own way, so I'll help him do that by giving him a planet of of no life. I know. I Yeah. I like that, though. I like what he does for him. But it, it's it's interesting, though, because when, when Superman shows up in the, the kryptonite suit, my thought is, does that suit ever work? No. Like, every time he wears... I think the first time it was used against Parasite, it didn't get destroyed. Every other time it has. Yeah. And I feel like it's always by something different. And so I oh, think no, that totally Ham- is. I think that Hamilton is, like, like he's modifying it for very board, specific... Like- like now, now it won't be cut by like this material. Yeah. So yeah. Now like it, now we've made the helmet fastened tighter, so it's harder to take. So only Superman can take yeah, it off. The Hamilton, yeah. The Hamilton made it so that the screen won't break anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, acid won't melt through it. After this, uh, sharp teeth won't be able to cut through it. Yeah. Anymore, which is weird. You would think something that's like lead lined would well, be able I mean, to stand you, up. We also see how strong the alien is being able to like knock Superman over. Yeah. Which is also dumb because Bizarro like just plays with it like a pet. Well, it's because it's Bizarro. Like he loves these sort of yeah weird little things. He's what does he call him? A crypto. Go to him. Calls him crypto. I love yeah because yeah, crypto never actually shows up here. So I love they put it in there. But yeah, then after Bizarro rebuilds Krypton, he's like, well, got to go blow it up now. Which that might be the a bit of a stretch. That they just needed more like another intense thing because he he goes yeah. yeah he goes very. Far when I thought he when like he said he was gonna blow it up, I thought he was gonna like punch it, but no, he goes to a nuclear silo. Yeah, it's weird that he would have enough understanding that that's how that works. Right, he shouldn't. Yeah, but he should I, have like a cartoon bomb. That's just like an oversized. Ex- yeah, like, it's a giant crate of dynamite. Or even like what he might understand is like going into space and getting like a meteorite. And throwing that down, yeah, like that is a that makes more sense than because that's like a nature thing, yeah. That makes more sense than understanding what nuclear arms are. He must have seen a different news report about nuclear weapons. That's true. And just is like, oh, that's how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be useful later. Use his super hearing to be like, this could destroy an entire city. Oh, <laughs> like oh, I'll remember that one. Me get it now. <laughs> Me and, get it. Uh, but I do like the the aerial fight between him and Superman over the bomb, though. While the bomb is directly next to them. Yeah. Well, just because what I like about it is that Bizarro is kind of playing, right? Like, he isn't trying to prevent Superman from stopping him. He's kind of, like, playing with Superman a little bit. It's like, no, 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 I'm doing my thing. Get away from me. At the beginning, he I, he's trying to stop him. Like, he gives him one punch mm-hmm. of, like, stop touching my stuff. Stop yeah. playing with my toys. And then once Superman is like, okay, I'll just fight you, then it's just kind of like toddler roughhousing. Yeah. Of like, oh, we're playing, we're playing. Look, I can throw you this far. How, th- how far can you throw me? Yeah. And then, yeah, and then that's when he's like, you're, if you blow up the city, you're going to blow up Lois. Lois is another one of your toys. <laughs> um, Not Lois. Yeah. I did. I liked how he is very childlike yeah. in this. Like, I think, I want to say it was the Weekly Planet. Someone, whatever, someone was talking recently about in um, Thor and Ragnarok. I was, I was going to bring up the comparison between yeah, uh, Hulk, and, Th- and Hulk. Hulk is acting like a two-year-old because he has a he's, two-year-old. He's been, his mind has developed for two years' time. There's something to be said about Bizarro, too. That like After he broke the first time around, he's had like only a limited window to like mature on his own. Yeah. That's why he's like, he's like a little child. He's like a child with superpowers. Yeah. I know. I, I even put that in my notes. I said, 
this is what a toddler would be like with super strength. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, because Superman would not have had those powers when he was that young. Right. You, you, we got to see them develop in a great series called Smallville. We got to see them develop throughout his kind of preteens and early teen years. Yeah. Oh, Smallville. Uh, oh, Smallville. You gave us so much content. <laughs> Something. I was wanting to say entertainment, but I can't fully commit to that. Towards the end, the, uh, the suit designs got pretty good, actually. Mm-hmm. I liked their version of the Justice League suits, which uh, we'll actually get to a little bit later on, relevant to today's discussion. Um, yeah, so obviously... Superman, like, doesn't he, like, throw the bomb up into the air and it detonates over the city? Yeah. Wouldn't that have been a nuclear blast? Yep. Like, right? Don't worry about it. Okay. I don't think they ever used the word nuclear. It was just kind no, of No, I think a it's missile. just a dirty bomb. Yeah, because, like, that's the whole thing, is if you detonate a nuclear bomb above a city, you'll still have the EMP, because that's the whole point of uh, The Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, holy shit, that happens in Batman vs. Superman as well. I, I I think I've blocked out enough of that movie. That I completely I forgot. That. Yeah, that they recreate that moment from The Dark Knight Returns and Batman vs Superman. Like Superman like moves a nuclear bomb. I don't know why there's a nuclear bomb firing. I don't remember. Oh, but the he, like, terrorists. Oh yeah, I think some of the terrorists. Yeah, but he pushes it, or maybe it's something with Lex does something. It's been but so yeah, he long. like pushes it up in the atmosphere. I guess, but oh, that's right. But it doesn't trigger an EMP. It just he gets all like shrinky and decrepit and then he gets like Okay, so just like in the comics. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, there's not the, the nuclear winter that happens like in the comics. Yeah. Um fuck it, whatever. Um did you I mean so I only kind of vaguely remember the first bizarre episode. Did you find this one was better or worse than the first one? I like the first one better. I think this kind of I was gonna ask how our our famous segment, how would you make this better? <laughs> uh the first one I, I I don't know, it was it was just like a the reveal for Bizarro and him learning that he is like not like he doesn't know who he is. Uh, like I, th- I like that story more. Yeah. And then having Lex obviously be behind it all adds an ever adds an extra layer to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one, I don't know. I feel like it could have. I feel like this could have been like a more fun episode. Like it has fun elements. Yeah. Because it, it's hard to do another thing with Bizarro because in the first episode they address that idea of like is he a hero or not and he. Ends it being heroic, so they couldn't do something similar to that in here. So they have to be mm-hmm. completely different. Yeah, so I guess the parts that I liked were the fun parts of him, like trying to recreate Krypton and having these powers and not having the sort of self awareness to know what to do with them. Yeah, but I don't know how you make a plot out of that, though. Well, I mean, obviously you can't compare it one for one, but like the Joker, ep- a lot of Joker episodes have a very fun feel to them. Yeah, uh, without getting too campy most of the time. Most of the time. Uh, but that's because that's Joker's character. Bizarro, he's like, I also think it might be a little limiting because he is such a unique character. And I think for a kid's yeah. show, not many people know about him. And bring this up as a big point in the next episode. Um, and so they, I think they have to kind of keep it like easy for kids with this character. Yeah, that makes sense. It's all the damn kids' fault all, all the time. All those fucking kids. <laughs> There was a great there was a great post that I saw recently, I think on Facebook or Instagram. It was like the older I get, the more I believe that restaurants should allow ki- should allow uh small pets and not allow kids under six. Oh, I'd be so down for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd much rather like sit and have dinner with a dog. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> not a cat though. No. Cats are assholes. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. Every single one. Although so uh at the office, um someone has a hairless cat. 
Ew. No. Well, no, it seems weird. But so I, me being super allergic to cats, I've never been able to like touch cats. Mm-hmm. So but this is the first cat that I can actually pet. And his name's Archie, and he loves scruff. So like he'll come up to you like at the desk and like rub his head underneath you to like mm. scratch himself no. on your scruff. It's really adorable. No, I like I like the that only cat. naked animal I accept is naked mole rat. Yeah, but the actual naked mole rats are terrifying looking. I know. Like they're not adorable at all. They're not Rufus. They can't rap. No, they can't. They can't eat nachos with me. Oh, if only. We can't go to Bueno Nacho together. He can't live inside of my cargo pants. Ooh, nachos. Yeah. You never had nachos before? You put nachos inside of a tortilla? No, I mean, I remember from the show, I've never actually eaten it in person. Just, oh, I'm just great. hungry. It sounds really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, is, do you, I mean, besides just like adding some comedy to it, is there a way you think we could make this episode better? Because obviously we're going to do that after this podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It might be that my brain is functioning very slowly today. That's fine. I, as we're, as we're you can tell, lo- as you very tell from the slow podcast, the timber of my we voice. apologize, everyone. <laughs> uh, it's we long, thought filming been in the middle of the day would guys. be better and no. not worse. <laughs> Somehow it's worse. Uh, oh. we're, we're chugging through. Next episode, I think, will be more fun. We have a lot okay. more things yeah, to so talk about with this one. The next episode... Did throw me for a loop. I think it did for you as well with the, mm-hmm. the reveal of the, the guest star in it. Well, the title gave it away for me. But then when, like, the villain showed up, I was very confused. Yeah, because it's, so it's called the, the Hand of Fate, which if you were a, a wise person like Cameron, would tip you off to who's going to show up. It did not for me. Yes, it is Angemon from Digimon. Yes, uh, he makes his way his, in his here. his signature move is the Hand of Fate. I guess it's Fist of Fate, but it's close enough. Uh, and it's a great little crossover between Japanese and American culture. Is that is that when you like hold the car with two fingers like way out here and go ha and like slam it down? Was that what? <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that Digimon? With I don't the, think we're the talking cards? about the same show. No, there's no cards in Digimon. That's Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh crap! <laughs> Digimon was the, the the show that a lot of people was think the, is a parody. The, the little the little uh, the little devices that were around like the early yes, late Digimon. You like press the buttons on them. You had to keep the pet alive. Wasn't that a Digimon? Yes. So Tamagotchi, Digimon was supposed to be a male version of Tamagotchi because they noticed in Japan sales were predominantly female. Yeah. So they wanted to make Tamagotchi with like scarier monsters. So thus Digimon was born, not as a parody of Pokemon, as what a lot of people believe, not a parody, but a, a as, a, as a ripoff of Pokemon, which is what a lot of people believe because it came out around like around the same time in America. Okay. Um, and I don't need to go into Digimon. No, I was making a note that you're making. No, no go ahead. <laughs> that, that's, all I, that's all I need to say about this subject. There's not more history of Digimon? Oh, I, there's so much more history of Digimon <laughs> that I can go into. Patamon evolved into Angemon. Wait, uh, th- there was a show, though, right? Yes. So it was the little Tamagotchi thingies first. Yes, Tamagotchi started in, I want to say, 93 or 94. So then they made Digimon as the male version of Tamagotchi. Yes. Or the skewed male version of Tamagotchi. Let me rephrase that. And then out of that, they're like, okay, well, it's gonna, we're going to brand this by making a show out of it. Yes. Okay. Same thing they did with, uh, you know, pretty much with the same thing they did with Pokemon. That's true, yeah. Card, Wait, card game came first. Wait, did the card game come first, or did the... Sorry, the game came the first. Game the game boy game. Yeah, the Game Boy came, came first. And then the card game. And then, no. Video game, TV show, card game. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, I would have thought the card game would have been... Before. At least in America. I don't remember the timeline for Japan. I, I assume it's the same in, in Japan. Okay, so I was talking to my friend Richard about Pokemon yesterday, because I was trying to explain to him that I actually knew a few Pokemon off the top of my head. Do you, you know more than just Pikachu? Uh, Pikachu, Squirtle, Bulbasaur, Charizard, Charmander, Mew, Mewtwo, um, Meow... What's the the one that can talk? Meow? Meowth? Mm-hmm. Is that actually Meowth? Yeah. Um... 
Psyduck. Yeah, good job. Blast Toys. Yep. Um, Doing great. You just got about 125 to go. Oh, crap on a cracker. Hey, that's pretty good. 126, though. I guess. <laughs> that's like, if we're just going Gen 1. If we're going um, every Gen, you still have about was it, was 720. It, was it, um, wasn't there an Abra, and that became Abra, and he evolved into Dabra, and they the full version was Abracadabra? The, no. What's the, what's the full magician saying? Abracadabra. Mm-hmm. So... Kadabra? Mm-hmm. Kadabra Abra? No, it's Abra. Abba? Kadabra. It's Abba. <laughs> Abba. Yep. Um, if you change your mind, you can take a chance. And then, uh, and then you can take a chance. Take a chance. Take a chance. Um, and then Alakazam was, Alakazam. The, was oh. the most evolved. Oh, I forgot about Alakazam. Oh, okay. Hey, that's more than I thought I knew. That, that's pretty impressive. We you, were trying you to got s- to a good 15. We, we were trying to see between the two of us if we, because neither of us are big sports people, but I'm not a Pokemon person. We're trying to figure out if we can name more athletes or more Pokemon. Uh, 100% more Pokemon. Yeah, I was. I mean, I can only name like a handful of athletes. I can name the starting lineup for the 2006 and 7 Mavericks. That's about it. I mean, that's pretty good. I had one year of being a sports fan. I legitimately thought you were going to end that sentence by saying the starting lineup of the Toon Squad. What's it from Space Jam? Yeah, Toon Squad. The Toon Squad. Yeah. I, I, thought, I thought that's where you are going with that. That's a much easier lineup. <laughs> Those are athletes. If we're counting the entirety of Looney Tunes as athletes, then Wait, who that all, number goes up a little bit more. Who are all the basketball players in Space Jam? Um, the, the main cast of Looney Tunes, Bugs, Daffy. No, 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 no. The actual, like the real life basketball players. Oh. The NFL NBA, N- NBA. God, I knew what it was. Killing I know, it. I know their basketball, not football. It. NBA players. Well, uh, in Jordan's circle, you had Michael Jordan. Yeah, had uh, not athlete but amazing man Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. And you had Larry Bird, who was playing golf with. Yeah, and then you had Charles Barkley, mm-hmm. um, Steve, tall guy, not Steve Seven Nash. Foot, hmm? It's not Steve Nash. Not I know Steve that. Nash, no. Um, I could only do Larry Bird, Charles Barkley, and Michael Jordan. I was thinking of you. Uh, there was the, the, the one with the flat top. Um, <laughs> uh, there, was, there was the one who was on the Mavericks. That's why I'm upset. I met, I met one of them. Come uh, on, Cameron. I what know. are you doing? Um, and I'm, I'm so upset that I forgot his name now. You should know your Space Jam athletes. It's fine. I'm looking it up. Um, you actually have your computer this time. It's a, it's a race. You I do. Get there first. No, I, I gave up. There's um, the short one. Because uh, the, the, the flat top guy was apologizing for cheating on his wife. Tom Barry. No, wait. No, that's no shit. Charles Barkley. Oh, Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing. Yeah, he's flat top. Larry Johnson. Sean Bradley. I'm just Sean looking, Bradley. That I'm was just looking at the people who are, like, cast as, who are just Sean Bradley, as themselves. Yeah. Sean Bradley is the seven foot six player that used to play for the Mavericks. Yeah. Um, I remember because he could put his hand up and without jumping, he could just, like almost touch rim. That's fucking nothing. That was the coolest and scariest thing in the world as like a fourth grader. How tall were you in the fourth grade? I think I came to his hip. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's adorable. Um, oh, right. Hand of fate. Fist of fate. The yes. fist of fate. Oh, my God. Angelmon. Let's okay. get back to it. <laughs> okay. So when this episode started out and the guy like, so the thief like steals that tablet and it breaks open and he gets possessed. Mm-hmm. Were you like... Was your first thought alien or magic? Alien. Okay, mine as well, because this is, I think, the first instance of actual magic in the DCAU. I, mean, I think so. Because I'm not going to count Mr. McTeas Pitlick. Okay, no. Because I think he's like, he has powers derived from his existence as a fifth dimensional being. This is not like traditional magic in the sense that we know. And even Zatanna's episode, I was gonna bring she that was an illusionist. Here. She wasn't mm-hmm. an, We never saw her actually do magic. Right. 
So I think this is the first use of magic, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, why do I feel like everything else is like a mutation? Wasn't there like a Batman episode that involved magic? I don't think so. Um, Well, there was the Roz episode where they go to that like ancient temple and like the zombie, oh, the mummy comes out. That's I think actually no, that's it. I think that would be the, considered the first real because again, I'm also not going to count the Lazarus Pit. That's like close enough to science. Yeah, but yeah, that would have been the first one. Okay, but that's a little bit on the forgettable side. But like, this is like a bit like the whole episode here is like magic. I feel like that was kind of towards the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that threw me off. I just assumed it was alien. Because even the the, the creature, um, what's, what's I thought it was um, Kulak, uh, um, um, Whip. Um, yeah. What's that? Uh, Carcroll. Carcroll, yeah. Mm-hmm. He looked like an alien. Like, he, he's very much grounded in the sort of alien aesthetic. Well, he's, he's, he's Cthulhu. Yeah, that's right. He's basically Cthulhu wearing the phantasm hood. Yes. Uh, and then Lois was, turns like into weird, actual Cthulhu. Turns into actual Cthulhu. Yeah, that, that was a weird thing, too, when he, when Carcroll starts, like, turning everyone into, why do I have Dancing Hobbit as one of my notes there? Um... They make a they make a joke. Uh, oh, um, the the completely unnecessary side characters of the Wiccans. Um, oh, that's, she's like, oh my God. <laughs> uh, she said, "My name is Doris, but my my elf friends call me Rain Song." Oh, uh, that's okay. That's then, like, <laughs> yeah. The police chief makes some note about like, shouldn't you be with your dancing hobbits? Okay, I was like, why do I have to dance? Okay, that's right. Yeah, the Wiccans there to like help because Karkul, uh invades the Daily Planet building, puts like a a magic spell around the outside so no one can get into it, and then like opens up a portal to hell or like some sort of weird dimensional hole to hell, and all these demons start popping out, and they like infect people and then immediately turn them into these weird looking yeah. oh, creatures. Sorry. The special guest is Doctor Fate. We well, never we, actually we, said that Doctor Fate was a special guest. We haven't gotten to that yet. I'm spoiling it for you. Fucking asshole. Yeah. So, so Superman goes to see Dr. Fate, who apparently he's met at some point. Yeah. To ask for his help. And this, so this is the, um, uh, what's the goddamn, uh, who's the Kent? Yeah. Kent, um, uh, Kent Nelson. This Nelson, is the Kent Nelson you. iteration, which mm-hmm. I think pretty much most versions of it. Almost every Kent. version starts with him at least. Yeah. Cause I think he was, I did look him up a little bit. He was the original. Mm-hmm. Actually, this is kind of interesting. Do you know what the name of the comic series he debuted in? Debuted uh, in? It's it's. Um, it was like, oh, what fun! More fun comics. More fun comics. Yeah. Do you think there was? I like a, oh, what fun comics. Oh, oh what fun comics. <laughs> oh exclamation point! What, what fun, fun comics. comics. That was their Christmas yeah. special. Was the oh what fun comics? Do you think that there was a fun comics? And then like, wait, we have more stories it's, it's to tell. Their rival. You know, <laughs> that's their rival company. Was they were the fun comics in the newspaper, and it's like we need we need a rival name. It's like well, we don't want to start we don't want to start from nothing. Yeah, and have to get a new audience on board. What if we just what if we put something? It's just oh what oh fun comics. They, they they were the asylum films of comics back in the day, making their their transmorphers yeah. to capitalize on the success. Yes, yeah. they were the Beetleborgs to capitalize yeah. on the Power Rangers. <laughs> Oh my God, Beetleborgs! Oh yeah. Did you ever watch um, the Masked Rider? It's the same idea, but it's like it's a Japanese show they brought to the U.S. But mm-hmm. like he he was um, in his normal form, he was like a green armored bug guy. But then he could like change into other iterations. So then he had like a like a sleeker orange suit he changed into, and he drove around on a like bug looking motorcycle. He had this really awesome yes. red bug looking car. Mm-hmm. I had those toys. Like that car was like the coolest thing 
ever. Yeah. Common Rider. Common Rider. Yes, I know him by the Japanese name. Oh, okay. Common Rider because there's a parody of him. Is there an uncommon writer? Yes. <laughs> K A it's it's K A M E N Rider. Mm. Um, there's a parody of him in One Punch Man. Oh, okay. Uh, Moomin Rider. And instead of riding on his motorcycle, he rides a, he rides a like a bike everywhere. Oh my god. He's like he's, he's amazing. Yeah, because I, I remember oh he had like a lightsaber kind of esque. <clears throat> yeah. Weapon. I remember having the um, like the toys, and they were like those were really cool toys. And there was one version where the it was like a transformer, like because his the, he had these like big bugs that would transform into his car and into his motorcycle. You could buy toys that actually transformed, and I never got them, and it uh, it it bothers me to this day. It, does it still hurt? It still it still haunts me. Do you do you want a scene like in the Santa Claus where the mom doesn't believe that Santa's real until she's given her like Polly Pocket that she wanted? Uh no, it was, was the mystery date game. That's right. Yeah, and uh um <laughs> uh is that, Judd, is that, is that um, what's going to make you believe Judge Reinhold's character um Neil, mm-hmm. right? Was it Neil? Yeah, Neil. Yeah, he gets the Oscar Minor weenie whistle. Yeah. Is that what's going to make you believe in Santa That's what's going to make Chris? me believe in Santa Claus again. Someone's got to come bring me the, the Transformer Mass Rider motorcycle toy. I'll, 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 I'll talk to my connections. Please, please do. It's, it's all I've ever wanted. I can die a happy man whenever that happens. I, my life has just not been as happy as it could have been since I didn't get that toy. Since I didn't get that toy some 20-odd years ago. <laughs> um, it's a long time to carry that kind of baggage around, let me tell you. Yeah. Mm. So, Dr. Fate... I love Dr. Fate stories. I do too. In his Justice in JLU, he has some good stories. I think some of the best episodes of Justice League and Justice League Unlimited involve Dr. Fate. Yeah. And especially in Young Justice. He yes, plays a pretty he, big role. He really, yeah. And I love his stories in Young Justice. Because I feel like in Young Justice, they they pursued the idea that um, Nabu takes over the person. Mm-hmm. Like, they kind of occupies the person. Yeah. And that it's actually not necessarily the best thing. Which I don't think they like ever went over that in Justice League. No. He just kind of existed. He, yeah, he was just always Dr. Fate. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's what kind of... Because I honestly, as the bad nerd that I am, I don't know anything else about him besides those two shows. Yeah, I don't know much. I did like some cursor research on him, but I think he's kind of one of those characters that um, he's had his own series here and that sort of thing, but I think usually he pops up in other stuff in small small roles more mm-hmm. than he's like a major character himself. Yeah. Um, but I, I was kind of disappointed in this one. Like, Kent was, he had an interesting point, but also it was a kind of a frustrating point of, like, I'm not dealing with the petty problems of Earth. I have the whole galaxy to look after. Um, yeah, he just seemed like a salty old bastard. But Karkle, uh, I don't know if, if, you, if you looked up much about him. A little bit. <clears throat> he is one of the seven lords of chaos. Okay. Uh, there are seven kind of, like, immortal beings that run the, the, the world of chaos. You see one of them in... Young Justice is that little kid. Or I guess it's not the kid. It's the cat. Is the Lord? Is oh, the Lord of Chaos. it's um, is Damien the Witch? No. Yes. Is yeah. It, is it Damien the Witch Boy? Yeah. My voice went really high. Witch Boy? Yeah. He's a little boy. Uh, because because they always think that he's the he's the uh, the Lord of Chaos, but it's actually his cat that he uh, Mister something. Clarion. No. Clarion Bleak. Yes. Clarion the Witch Boy, not Damien. Damien's yeah. obviously Bruce's son, but whatever. Oh, oh, yeah, you're right. It is his cat. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the cat's name? Oh, of course, he's L7. Funny enough, he... Yeah, no, alias Witch Boy. And L7, I think, is also a, 
a reference to this um, because Karkle, uh, in the in this episode, they said Karkle ruled the seventh layer of, of not hell, but whatever it was. Teekle's the name of the cat. That was bothering me. <laughs> it's a good name. Still Teekle. Uh, Lord of Chaos, my name is Doris, Dr. Fate. Uh, he, he's the seventh level lord of the evil pit. Okay. So the, is that the deepest level? I don't know. But that's what uh, Clarion, his, his alias is L7. Oh, okay. So oh, I, I think that's... Clarion's the... That's the seventh level. Yeah. What's Karkul's level? I don't know. Well, Better credit. No, what good are you? <laughs> so I had to criticize you, but you actually did, you did some research. I did a little bit of research. You did a little research. Um, yeah, I, I, I was excited to see the inclusion of Dr. Fate. I think he's just a cool character. Yeah. But he's I, such a unique because he's, you have all these characters that do what they think is just and right. And then you have this character of, ultimate justice and righteousness yeah coming in being like no all you people that think you're pure and right you still have skewed visions yeah i'm looking at it from a completely bystander point and what you're doing is wrong i have to do what is absolute right and there's always that little bit of tension between him and everyone else yeah and th- that's what makes him interesting i just feel like he wasn't utilized well here because he basically was like i want your help or superman's like can you help me and he's like no nah, i don't want to yeah so then he's like here take this pebble yeah well help. like the assistant gives it to him <clears throat> oh, that's right yeah his wife not assistant his wife yeah um but so th- that was the thing that really upset me about this was he's like i don't want to deal with the petty problems of earth i only deal with galactic problems now like, this is one of the Lords of Chaos. Yeah, this is a pretty big deal. Is this deal. not a big deal? Yeah, like, there's a... What is it going to take for you to intervene at that point, then? Yeah, an unstoppable, like, hole from hell has opened up and unleashed a bunch of monsters. Yeah. Yeah, I... It's like, that wasn't enough. But Superman, you showed me because you went into a losing battle. <laughs> I, and maybe that's part of the problem with going back to these things is that we know where they're going to go. We, mm-hmm. we do remember, like, great Dr. Fate episodes. Yeah. Um, I, I especially think of um, the ones with Grundy. Yeah. Like he, like when they go with Grundy to like some interdimensional thing with Hot Girl, and then when he comes back again later, I, was Fate? I'm not sure Fate's in that JLU episode. The first one was a Justice League. Yeah. No, he's he's in the second one. Because uh, he is he with no, he's never with the the super smart robot. That's always Adam. Oh, Amazo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, great. Oh. May as well a great episode. Too. God. There's so much to look forward to after these. I know. I mean, it, this shows once again what Superman the Animated Series kind of does with all the DCAU, which mm-hmm. is like it's the necessary series that sets up some of the best storylines we're going to get down the line. Right. We just have to power through yeah. all, the, all the pre-episodes. I know. Like, I know we're getting proper Dark Side episodes here pretty shortly. Okay. And if I recall, those are actually quite good. Um, but then again, when Darkseid comes back again in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, he's so good. Oh, my God. Cannot wait. I'm so excited. Yeah. I mean, so what did you think of the um, like the designs of the monsters, like the weird demon things? Um, whoever designed them had just finished reading everything Lovecraft uh, because that's yeah. all they were. They were just Lovecraft demons. Yeah, it was, it was very on the nose Lovecraftian. Yeah. I, it was kind of dumb. Yeah, I, I thought especially that like it felt like a cheat to like oh like these weird like spirits invade the body transform it and then as soon as the spirits get kicked out you just go right back to where you were. Yeah, how is everyone not naked? So it confused me because like the the demon goes in and then you like it literally you see bu- the, yeah it bursts out of like the skin and clothing of everyone that it occupies. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, uh. Yeah. Like, they should have been, like, skinless sacks. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with my normal answer of kids show. Kids show. Uh, what I thought was funny is there was, there was like, a stall moment. Uh, it was funny and frustrating when, so, Karkle sets up home base inside the Daily Planet. Of course. Uh, Lois, Perry, and... Um, Jimmy. Jimmy, third guy. <laughs> Other. <laughs> uh, we're all trapped in there. And you see the demons come out and take... Um, oh, yeah. Perry. He- um, and then they take two bystanders, and there's no more demons. And I'm like, how convenient that the two most popular characters don't get absorbed by demons. Yeah, right? And then they get Jimmy. You're like, oh, no, they yeah. got Jimmy. Like, oh, they're going to get Lois, too. Yeah, actually. Jimmy was much more emotional. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Not Jimmy. Yeah. He hasn't done anything wrong. He's just a child. He's just poor, he's just poor Jimmy. Yeah. And they had, they had to make sure the referent, they had to make sure you knew which one was Jimmy and which one was Lois because Lois is the only one that kept hair. Yeah, I know, right? It's really bizarre. Yeah. And then I forget, so like fate shows up and then they trap Carco back inside the... Fate shows up and drops the talisman. Oh, then Superman has to like fly down and get it. Oh, that's right. And there's like the, fly like into some the massive, hell. Yeah, massive monster down at the bottom. Which you never see again. No. I'd love to see that come out. Um, and then, yeah, and then fate seals him, and then it's over. And then it's done. Yeah, this felt like they were like, well, we need to introduce magic, and we need to introduce Dr. Fate, so we're just going to, like, slap together an episode that does it. Yeah. It's too bad. I mean, but the nice thing is we know that he eventually will be utilized well. Right. So, so this is my question for you and the audience our, our big audience that is here with us today. Mm-hmm. Um, the Stormtrooper helmet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the face painting. Yeah. Uh, the cast of Avatar on the wall. Right. The various Green Lanterns on your shelf. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we are so used to, from JLU, just kind of interchanging uh, heroes at will. A-list, B-list, C-list. Mm-hmm. Anything is open and available. It, this, I think this is the first time that they'd done something like this. Even in uh, Super Friends... It was always just the core. They'd ever branched from like the seven or whatever. Okay. Is it we? Was it weird or is it weird for this being the first one? I guess they did it with Flash, but Flash is a list. Okay, I, I think being it's the what you first mean. random encounter that is already stable in the universe, already has a life going on in the universe. We don't see a fate origin in this. Okay, this is just like the first time we come across a person, like a, a we'll call it like a, a like a deep bench character. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, I guess it's hard to think about what this would have been like when it came out. Yeah. Because I, I think I remember watching this episode, but I wouldn't really have known who Dr. Fate was mm-hmm. at the time. Um, and obviously I wouldn't have had seen all the Justice League episodes. Like now we, we still put it in those contexts. Like, well, of course Dr. Fate's here. Like he's a major character later on. Yeah. And, and those, the reason I loved JLU and for a long time I said it was better than Justice League Mm -hmm. was, excuse me, because of that, like that kind of random grab bag of who am I going to get this week? And I loved that concept growing up Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure if I would have had the same feelings watching this live in 97 being like, who is this? Because like, this is this is for the nerds. This is being yeah. like, this is a kids show, but we still know the nerds watch too. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I imagine if I were like a big Doctor Fate fan, if I watched this, I'd be like, well, I'm really glad that he's here. But man, what a waste. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it. What it's doing here though is it's setting up more elements of 
like the deeper mythology of the universe, I guess, that mm-hmm. we can go into like magic and stuff like that. And this character exists and he just is around and has these kind of powers. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad we didn't do like a full on origin. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that being said though, like this episode wasn't great either. Mm-hmm. I think I would have rather had it be fate comes along right away rather than be like, what would you, what would you think? <clears throat> I know this is obviously a Superman show, but I would have, I think it's really interesting if we would have had like it start with fate and yeah. fate is the one that needs help. I think and that would be cool. Actually, Superman. Yeah, yeah. I think it would have been because you can do that at a TV show. You can go and you can pick like <clears throat> um, a side character and have it focus on them. Mm-hmm. That would have been interesting. Like, well, wh- who is this guy? What are we doing? Spending time with him and like, like we kind of know eventually he's going to run past a Superman. But that would have been. I think that would have been more interesting. Yeah, because there was there's one JLU episode. It's the Mister Miracle episode, mm-hmm. which has that setup, where it's Mister Miracle and his crew that are off, not even on Earth. Just mm-hmm. some random planet in the galaxy. Oh yeah. Um, and they're like, "Oh shit, they stole my girl." I think I know someone that can help. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's still alive somewhere in the galaxy. Let's go find this bat person. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, I forgot about that episode. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I agree. I would rather have done the reverse structure would have been more interesting mm-hmm. and made this like a Doctor Fate episode that encounters Superman. Right. Because that's what they kind of did with with the. Um, whatever the, the Batman episodes we just watched were. What? The, 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 the Batman Superman episodes? Yeah. Because the episode started as a Batman episode, and he had to go oh, I see what you mean. to Metropolis. Yeah. yeah. And then it was the Superman story. Yeah. But you see that they are capable of that, and I kind of wish they would have done that here. Yeah. I mean, they even do that. This goes way back to, like, POV even, right? Like, we've had... or um a bullet for Bullock. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of episodes to go and take these like side characters. Yeah. And they're all, they're all great. They I, are. I, don't, I can't think of they're, one that's not, they're a nice departure because they do feel like they're changing up the formula a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you made the, the best point last week, two weeks ago, whenever we last recorded, it's been a year. I know. Um, of like, all they do is match Superman with strength. Yeah. That's all I got. Mm-hmm. And so here's and, like, Oh, I'm not strong enough. So but this other guy can just... Yeah, I'm not strong enough, so I guess I'll, I'll be stronger now. Yeah, I'll just whip up some spells. <laughs> now I'm strong. I know, yeah. I'm, he hit me once, uh, now I'm going to hit back just a little bit harder. Yeah, I, I'm... And he's down. All right, good job, team. We did it. I'm definitely looking forward to branching out from Superman. Although, the nice thing is, is that next week we're doing uh, Cold Comfort, which is one of my favorite new Batman adventure episodes. Ooh. It's the return of Mr. Freeze. <gasps> Yay! And it's a really good Freeze episode. Um, I actually get a lot of Batman coming up the next few weeks, which is nice. That'll be very nice. Yeah. I need a, I need a Yeah, actually, yeah, it's, it's actually mostly pretty much, I think the next, yeah, the next purely Superman episode we're going to have is going to be uh, Supergirl. Oh, okay. But that's like six, seven episodes out. So Okay. That's yeah. great to me. Lots of Batman. Yeah. Um, the nice thing is, it, since it has been like two weeks since we recorded, I actually got to like watch and read a whole bunch of shit. I don't know about you, but I have, oh, yeah. I have so many things to plug this time. Tell compared, me about your plugs, Chris. Compared to my, my never having plugs. Um, so I finally finished a book that I've been reading for a long time called The Punch Escrow. I'm going to make sure I look up the, um, the author. Uh, I actually picked it up down at Comic-Con. So it's, the, I think, the first book or one of the first books published by Geek & Sundry's publishing division. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's by um, Tal M. Klein. The idea is that it's set like about 200 years in the future where the primary mode of transportation is um, like transporting people, like Star Trek style, Mm -hmm. like teleportation hubs. But 
and then unsurprisingly, things go awry, and I won't get into what happens because it's kind of a spoiler. But what's cool about the book is kind of like in um, Ready Player One, mm-hmm. it's the the depth and detail of the world they created. Okay, that's so awesome. it's not just like oh, it's our world in the future, and there's like transportation, like teleportation, but it also goes down to like how um, we have like you know implants in our brains that have replaced cell phones and that sort of thing, and you know it's all like um, like autonomous self driving cars, and it's a really really cool, interesting world. And it kind of like Ready Player One, there's a bit of like an 80s influence to it. Okay. Um, not quite as strong. Is it a book or comic? It's a book. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> I didn't mean to sound so it's, upset it's, it's, about that. I'm sure it's probably an, aud- <laughs> it's probably an audiobook somewhere. But um, it's a lot of fun. I, I definitely recommend reading. It's, it's, a, it's a quick, easy read. It just took me forever to get through it because I usually read when I go to bed at night and I've been so tired of it that I get like a page in and I <laughs> yeah. fall asleep. But I finished it when I was home. Um, so I have that... Uh, I just went and saw Call Me By Your Name. Oh, I want to see that so badly. It's it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, Army I've only Hammer. Heard amazing, amazing yeah. things. No, it's beautiful. It's Army Hammer, Timothy Chalamet, and then Michael Stuhlbarg, who he's like one of those character actors. Like he pops up in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all amazing. And it's just, it's a really, really sweet, beautiful film. I love the score too. I've been listening to it. Um, have you ever seen The Thomas Crown Affair? I have not. Okay. So weird connection there, but like, um, both movies have like a very kind of like not poppy, but like a like a, a warm, upbeat kind of piano melody score to them. Mm-hmm. That just it, they're so delightful to listen to. That's cool. Yeah, so it's it's a really beautiful film. Um, cannot recommend it enough. It almost made me cry. Wow. Yeah. And like, not many things do that. No, it's um, pretty much the death of Spock. <laughs> wait, wait, the new one or the old one? The old one. Well, he didn't he didn't die in the new one. That's, I guess the, that's true. It's death of Kirk. But yeah, no, legitimately, if like. If I put on the Wrath of Khan and it's like the whole the whole sequence from him like racing off to go like fix the warp core up through his funeral, like with amazing grace and like just Kirk, her Kirk getting choked up, it's just tears just mm-hmm. flooding down my face. Oh my god. Good to know. I I now know how I know now how to give you the emunch, uh, emotional it's, it's punch. Like, it's like the only thing that makes me cry. Wow. <laughs> There, I mean, there's not much that makes me cry. Just every Pixar movie. Just every. I mean, the intro to every Disney movie. Just seeing the castle. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Up, the beginning of Up made me cry. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Wally used to make me cry more than it does now, but usually the end of Wally makes me cry. Um, oh, fifty fifty. I ball my eyes out. Oh, whole, I want to see that, that one whole, still. That whole goddamn movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just like nonstop. Yeah, tears. But. Yeah, so no, go see Call Me By Your Name. I've also been watching The Orville. You finally started watching. I really like it. Yeah, right? It's really fun. It's a show that like, you don't want to like, but you do. I really do. Well, because you know, I did watch all of Discovery, Discovery up mm-hmm. to the, the season one or the mid-season finale, and it's just kind of meh, whatever. And you watch The Orville, and The Orville very much is a spiritual successor to Star Trek and Star Trek The Next Generation. You can tell how much McFarlane cares about it. Yeah. Like, it, it actually asks cool, interesting... I mean, you, you told me this already. Like, cool, interesting philosophical questions. Like, mm-hmm. that episode with, like, the, the baby-born female into an all-male society. Like, that's actually a really touching, emotional episode. And it's... So, it's, like, it's touching, it's emotional, it's got a lot of philosophy behind it. They're, like, having commentary on really modern things. Mm-hmm. And there's just some gags grown, like, like thrown in there, too. Some of them aren't that funny, but right. some of them are it, decent. It's still McFarlane humor. Yeah. And, like, they're... they're it's always like slightly jarring, but sometimes it's pretty funny and sometimes it's just kind of, you know, yeah, whatever. So I'm in the middle of right now the episode. Have you seen all of it? No, I only, I'm about five episodes in. Did you see the one with the upvote, downvote? 
No, I don't think I made it that far. Okay. Yeah, so it's they go to an alien planet, much like our current world, where their entire society, it's kind of like the Black Mirror episode, which I haven't seen, but it's like everyone gets like upvoted and downvoted, and if you oh, go okay. get a certain number of downvotes, you basically go like to prison. Sort yeah. of thing. You mean like the community episode or like I that recess watch, episode? I haven't... I haven't. <laughs> Is that a thing in recess? They had upvotes yeah. and downvotes? Yes. I have a, I have, it, it's a very weird thing. So I want to know where it started. Because as much as I would love to believe that this storyline started in recess, I, it, there's no way it did. Wait, wait. They had a recess episode. So the, the cartoon from yes. the better part 20 years ago yes. that involved upvoting and downvoting. Yes. Without those exact terms. I'm it sure. was upvoting, downvoting, and a, a, a number class system. Holy uh, shit. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, the Ashleys, uh, if you remember the, the four... I remember the four Ashleys, technically yes. five. Technically five, Ashley Spinelli. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I, I got some okay, knowledge good. about recess here. Yeah, the Ashleys put everyone in a number in a scale of coolness. Yeah. Uh, of five being the coolest people, and you can only hang out with fives, and four, three, two, and one. Mm-hmm. And if you can get... If you can make yourself cooler, you can move up in the system, up or down, and everyone just immediately follows that. I want to know. There's no way Recess was the originator of that episode. No, that had to be somewhere else. Yeah, and then uh, Community did the same thing with um, uh, Meow Meow Beans, where it's an app, uh, and you could gift people Meow Meow Beans for being nice to you, and then that turned into a class system of your rank, it, what star ranking you were, one to five stars, mm-hmm. became your social circle. Oh, what? And fours couldn't hang out with fives. Or no one could hang out with fives except for other fives. Um, and the the more powerful you were, the more... This was pulled straight from the... Or Black Mirror pulled straight from this point of, like, okay. the more powerful you were, the more influence your vote had. So if oh, you were okay. a five, giving someone else a five was much more impactful than, like, a one giving you a five. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Man, it's nuts, though, that it started way back with Recess. Recess? Yeah. The kids' show. Yeah. And, you know, I, 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 having not seen that episode of Black Mirror, I'm sure they handled it better than the way it's been handled in Orville. But it's, it's still a pretty good episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the fun things about it is one of the guest stars is Lauren Lester. Oh, that's awesome. I know. It's like, oh, hey. I actually know who that is. Yeah. You're cool. We know that voice. Yeah. Yeah. And he still, he still sounds like Robin. Good. Um, I mean, I have tons of other things. Maybe I'll save it for next time because I've been... Okay, because we'll re- reading record another episode in like three a days. few days. Yeah. <laughs> so what have, uh, what have you been checking out recently? Uh, I'll, I'll keep it short as well. Uh, I saw Coco over the break. Oh, Amazing. Was... Very touching. Pixar does it again, as did, always. Did you cry? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't make much make me cry. I cried yesterday at Disneyland. From what? The parade. Not the parade, sorry. The fireworks, Chris. It snows. There's snow in California. There was I mean, there was an adorable. To be fair, there are parts of California that get snow. No, <laughs> uh, there was a, an adorable little kid behind me because they have like the fireworks go off and there's like the pretty song yeah. and then the snow falls, the foam falls, uh, and there's like this kid behind me on his mom's shoulders. It's like, why is it raining soap? <laughs> and I'm like, he's not wrong. No, he's got it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. I saw Coco. Great. Mm-hmm. Amazing soundtrack. Um. I, I, I don't think I mentioned this on the podcast, but I took Spanish one for like five years. Still didn't remember like a word of it. Wait, say that again. You took Spanish, Spanish level one. one. Yes. So you took Spanish level one five times? Uh, pretty much. Uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. I all consider Spanish one three times. And then freshman year, I guess four years. No, because I did it in elementary school. Fifth grade of elementary school, I took Spanish one. 
sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, I also took Spanish one. And then freshman year of high school, I was still in Spanish one. My God. It doesn't click. Like, languages don't click with me. I'm sorry. It's fine. Oh. But it, it came back and was a little bit helpful in this movie. That's uh, good. Which I'm like, I know what they're saying. I feel, I feel very knowledgeable. Uh, but that movie's amazing. I okay. recommend everyone go see it. All right. Um, there's a lot of controversy going on right now about the... Sh- not controversy. Like, a lot oh, yeah, of hate going on about the short. People seem to hate the short. The, the, the frozen short. Yeah, for the people who don't know, there's a, a frozen... An Olaf short it's like before a 20-minute short, right? It's 20 minutes. 20 Jesus. to 25 minutes. Jesus Christ. Um, yes, it's a little long. Because it's a full TV episode. Yeah. And it's hard for, like, a kid, I think... For like a younger audience member to go in expecting a movie and then getting a full TV episode before the movie. Yeah. Um, but no, I think the, the short is great. I think it is a little long. I think there's one too many songs because mm-hmm. uh, they do just kind of shoehorn as many in the intro as possible. It's three, three to four back to back songs before the plot begins. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, no, it's great. Okay. I like the short. Love the movie. Uh, the other thing I want to plug is Jim and Andy which is the documentary on Netflix about oh, Jim Carrey right. during the filming of Man on the Moon. Yeah. Amazing. So fascinating. You see him lose his mind. And oh. uh, you, we know that Jim Carrey is, is not the same person he was in the 90s. No. Not many people come back from being the most popular person in the world. Um, yeah. But he, he makes a lot of interesting points of like how this movie kind of changed him. And also, he recorded this off the back of Truman Show, which is also a movie that changes a lot of people. I look at the world completely different after watching Truman Show. Yeah, I need to go back and rewatch that at some point to see how well it holds up. But Amazing. I remember, I remember really liking it when it came mm-hmm. out. Uh, so yeah, if, for the people who don't know about Jim and Andy, it's a bunch of um, what uh, electronic press kit EPKs. What? That, that, that's the right wording, right? Like press junket? No, not junkets. Uh, during the filming of some movies, they'll have an extra cameraman on the side oh, filming right, okay, for yeah. press. Yeah, okay. Um, I think they're called EPKs, electric mm. press kits. Should know, don't. Um, so it's all the footage from that that was focused on Jim. Mm-hmm. And he, he made it very sentimental because it was the cameraman was uh, either like a former writer. No, it was his girlfriend. Uh, Andy Kaufman's girlfriend was the oh, wow. camera woman following him around. Um, and then the director who was kind of like giving, you know, giving direction to the camera woman was also one of like a very close friend to Andy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like it was a very sentimental group and seeing Jim go crazy. Um, Warner, I think Warner brothers made the movie, whoever, whichever shell company, not shell company, whatever company funded studio. the movie studio. Thank you. Um, they refused to let any of this footage out because they didn't want the world to think Jim Carrey was like a a, a bad person. Yeah, oh, that's so interesting. Because mm-hmm. he in this movie he is like they. Um, if you remember the the wrestler that Andy Kaufman had a beef with, they bring him back for the movie, and Jim, who stays in character for basically the entire set, like on set and off set, mm-hmm. they interviewed his. Um, his drivers and like, yeah, picking him up. He is still the character. Um, like wait, like they, when he was acting as the, uh, Andy Kaufman's other personality. I actually don't know much about Andy Kaufman. So have you not seen man on the moon? No. Oh, Chris. I know. It's great. I should go watch it. Uh, okay. Then I, then I won't say anything anymore. Okay. Cause it's great. 
Everyone go, everyone go watch it. It's so good. Go watch both The Man on the Moon. And yeah, obviously watch the movie first and then watch the documentary. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll keep it to those, those two and a half for now. Okay, let me add Man on the Moon. I think it's on Amazon, I want to say. I'm sure I can track it down somewhere. Um, wait, we do have one more quick plug, though. It's the yes. video you sent me. It's a oh. great, the great college humor YouTube video, Don't Start a Podcast. Just watch it, guys. It's, it's, it's way too close to home. It's too real. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of advice out there, guys. Don't start mm-hmm. a podcast. Don't start a podcast. You find yourself scrambling to record them during lunch on a we Monday. We consistently... <laughs> question why we're still doing a podcast i know i think at this point like it's easier to keep going than it is to stop yeah 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 i just like having something on my calendar yeah it's just it's just a call who's our uh who's our sponsor not sponsor who's our yeah our sponsor this week our, our, our nerd school week? network sponsor it is our dear friends novice and frank Oh, we know those guys. I know. Yeah. They're great guys. You've been on an episode of theirs. Yeah. Right? I, I went on there to do um, New Frontier. Yes. Which is sitting somewhere in this apartment unread. Uh, it is right on that chair. Because <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> I was going to bring it to Colorado with me. Okay. But it didn't fit in my bag. It's a big, it's a big comic. It's a big book. It's well worth the read, though. It's still one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so I actually um, kind of related to that. I just reread Red Sun. Oh, I haven't given that back to you. Yeah, you did. Oh, yes, I did. Yeah, because otherwise, how would I have read it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because I um, when I was home, I picked up um, Batman, Superman, or actually Superman, Batman, technically Public Enemies, and Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Like, because those are two of my favorite stories, and of all the two of them, like, oh, go ahead and re- reread Red Sun too. Get Superman comics in there, and goddamn, that that book is so good. It's so good. Yeah. One thing that I realized as I was reading it this time was. Um, one of the differences between that version of Superman and the normal version is that the uh, Russian one is lives in isolation. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't have the Clark Kent identity. He's just Superman, right? And he's put in this like the super high position of power. So that, like at the end, he just spends every night hanging out with Brainiac playing chess, right? He doesn't have humans around him to give him humanity and ground him. Mm-hmm. That's something I just hadn't thought about reading it previous times. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, this really does understand how this character works. Like, that kind of isolation to someone that powerful and that smart would result in this sort of, like, skewed perspective on the world. Yeah. All he sees is their faults. Yeah. Because all he's doing is saving them. He doesn't, he doesn't stay after that. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. It's great. Also, I should give you Public Enemies and Supergirl, because they're both amazing. Sure. I'll read those. At a minimum, you should read Public Enemies. Here's here's here's. I will make I will make a a, a Barton nah, deal. Eh. A deal. Sure. Okay. Um, give me a comic before I leave for trips. Okay. Because that is the only time I will like sit down and read is when I'm on airplanes. When are you leaving on a trip next? Uh, uh Christmas. Sure. Okay. <laughs> we'll work it out. I'll give it to you then. Um, but yes, uh, yeah, go check out Novice and Frank. They're both just absolutely lovely, and they actually know shit about comic books, which... Which we don't. Which we don't at all. <laughs> and you would have heard them, of course, last week on our, uh, our Justice League. Yes, which is getting a lot of hate right now. Our episode? Yeah. Like, our specific podcast is getting uh, hate. Our Justice League one. Uh, not, not, like, in public places, but I've gotten a few text messages of, like, you guys are so mean. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no one's talking to me about it. Because you're the the harbor of all the anger. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's not talk to Chris about Justice League. It'll set him off again. Yeah. 
Maybe we'll, we'll talk some more about Justice League next week. There was some news that was worth talking about, but we just don't have time. Yeah. Maybe I'll try and say some nicer things. Mm, probably not. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Um, but anyways, uh, thank you for listening. We are at Tim Talk Pod. Oh, right, we still have to do that. What? We still have to do that. On uh, Facebook and Instagram and Gmail and Twitter. Yes. Um, reach out if you want to tell us that we are too mean to Justice League. Mm-hmm. Which we probably are. Just tell Chris. Just tell me. I'm, I'm obviously I'm, the nice one. I'm mean to Justice League. Yeah. Um, you can find me at Lordifer on pretty much all the same platforms. Mm-hmm. You can find me at Camdexter underscore Adventures. Uh, and if you want to see uh, an archived art page, uh, you can go to Cameron.Dexter. Yeah, have you done anything with that in a while? No, I have a bunch of sketches that I'm, I'm ready to, to do something with, but I, it, I, it's hard, man. I'm busy. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got this podcast going on. And... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's then. hard, man. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, guys. Hi, Frank. Hi, Amanda. What are you doing? Just making this promo for our podcast. You mean the Novice and Frank present a comic book podcast? Exactly. Wait, what's it about? So glad you asked. It's where a comic book novice and a comic book expert discuss comics and media with special guests. A novice and an expert? Which one am I? Uh, you're the expert, Frank. I knew that. Sure. Check out new episodes every Wednesday on the Nerdist School Network and subscribe on Podbean and iTunes. And tell us what we should read next at thenoviceandfrank at gmail.com. See? You are an expert. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.